This edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Marketplace Rock, a business of intercessory prayer for businesses. Learn more at MarketplaceRock.com. Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, co-founder and co-host. Here's this week's interview by my partner, John Ramstead. All right, everybody, welcome to the Eternal Leadership Podcast, and we actually have a very special guest today, my partner, my co-host, my good friend, Steve Ryder. How are you, Steve? John, my man, it's so great to be around and and uh, be back on interviewing. Well, and here's the exciting thing, and everybody, as you listen, we're going to do a, an interview just with, with Steve, but, you know, Steve... Uh, had a step back just a little bit because uh, he was involved in a startup and starting a company, and it's just been a powerful journey. And he's been there, well, you and I, just every step away as we've been putting out the podcast. But you just haven't yeah. had the time to be on air, and yeah. just some exciting stuff as you just follow God's calling. Haven't haven't you had here? Still, still in the thick of it, but um, getting back together with lunch with you last week and our continued conversations over the last year. Um, have have energized me, and um, I, I'll, I'm going to try my best to be on as many of these interviews as I can. Well, that's awesome because I know everybody loves you, and I sure do. And that lunch that you talked about, yes, we got to meet this amazing young man, Rod <laughs> Rome. How are you, Rod? I'm doing great, thank you. And so I met Rod. Rod reached out to me. He'd been listening to the he. Uh, if you guys have heard us talk about Refer.com, and he's good friends with Tom Gay, who we've mm-hmm. had on the podcast. And Tom said, "Hey, Rod, you need to get to know John." And then I talked with Rod, and everybody, his wisdom, Rod, your experience in life and business and ministry and discipleship, and really bringing together. What I believe, and this is kind of a big focus of what we're doing here on the podcast, is how do we connect our life's work and who we are into bringing uh, ministry into the marketplace? Because I think there's so there's such incredible power for us and leverage for us to do good outside of what is traditional church and um, mm-hmm. you know how what you know tr- what people would traditionally call ministry. So, Rod, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm going to let you share about your background, uh, but how, how old are you now? Uh, we're just moving into the younger year of 69, so I'm about five months away, and so uh, we're 69 years young. I figure we have another 30-plus uh, years of God does <laughs> and if we live to 120, we want to make it productive. Yes, and we're going to share a little bit later, because we're going to circle back on this, but something Rod shared with us over lunch, you're running a company, you're running a ministry. You're working with people, but in the last two years, you decided you you and your wife were led to move to Colorado Springs. And since you've been there, how many people have you had a personal conversation with in the last two years, Rod? Uh, well, we have met intentionally met, uh, and this weekend was a good uh, international business summit. So we met about twenty nine more uh, business leaders across the nation and across the world. So we are just at about 532 right now. And All right. So, so, so when you have a few more today. So you know what? You know, we have a lot of business owners. We have a lot of coaches. We have a lot of people out there that are trying to build something and increase their influence, their impact, their income, you know, do what God's called them to do. And, you know, you just expired, inspired all of us at, at lunch, Rod, that, you know what, no matter where we are in life, no matter what age we're at, 
You know what it takes is, is if we're out there just intentionally, we're putting in the work. It's amazing how God connects things, open doors. So before we really get into that, because that's going to be part of what we talk about today, I would love for you to just, you know, share your your journey and some of the highs and lows along the way. Rod, as you know, our our audience are, are, you know, we have business owners, entrepreneurs, Every single person listening to this right now is a leader because we define leadership two different ways. First one is you have influence over somebody else in, in, in a positive way. But I also love, you know, as I've really looked at this question of what does it mean to be a kingdom leader and what, what was the leadership model that Christ modeled. And you know what is is if we lay down our life for others, that is true leadership. And I'm not talking about our physical life. What is it for somebody to lay down their agenda to serve the agenda of others? Especially when this thing especially when that is in alignment with what God is calling us to do. And that is truly what you have modeled and exemplified. And I want everybody else out there listening to embrace that. Every single one of you is a leader. You have influence. You can help other people. You can serve them. You can provide solutions for what they're trying to accomplish and do. But, but Rod, I'd love for you to just start from the beginning and just share with us your journey that you've been on. Uh, sure, I'll try to give you a short version of that. So uh, as I went into the military, I did not know the Lord in my life. And I went to many foreign countries, and I'm a disabled Vietnam veteran. And I came back from Germany and Korea and found that uh, things we're trying to accomplish in our life uh, needed to have uh, a purpose. And I hadn't found that yet. And so I heard uh, as I transitioned out of the military into uh, the banking system, uh, I heard a call in my life when my wife encouraged me to go and listen to the gospel being presented with a Billy Graham group uh, in our town. And I found that the Lord knew exactly where I was, and he had a place for me in the kingdom. So at the age of 25, I accepted the Lord. And then I began to walk in the business community, uh, did banking for a number of years, and moved to uh, an interesting place, Salt Lake City, uh, where I found a local church and where I found an opportunity to minister and to disciple. And so we... uh, we're able to take advantage of some things in New Mexico with uh, a missionary disciple that had been on the field for 21 years, and he taught us about uh, being disciples and making disciples. Uh, I became, uh, in 1980, licensed to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, and our primary uh, focus has been, both in business and in ministry, is to not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As a business owner, we have the freedom to walk places where in corporate uh, business, where I've worked for years, uh, we didn't have the freedom to walk. And so as a business owner in 1999, uh, I began to realize as I'd worked for corporations that uh, when they shift and change, then you may not have a choice where you go with that organization. And mid-management sometimes gets kind of left on the curb. Yeah, I've seen that. In, in 99, what, what kind of business did you start? Well, in 99, my brother and I formed a business. It was a technology business around mobile computing solutions. And we felt like there was more technology in most people's hands than they knew how to use. What if we helped them use it effectively? Uh, and 
I was licensed to preach in those years. So as we ministered and we worked in business, uh, we found that there was, was, wasn't really a difference. The uniqueness is in the relationships you build. And in business and in ministry, they're not any different. So as we build relationships and introduce them to the people we have relationships with, that is business. And so we did that in ministry. We did that in our lives. And we uh, took advantage of the opportunity to go do what we knew to do, what we loved to do, and find people that wanted to do that with us. And so we opened a technology business, uh, 208 Wireless Business Integration. And we were about educating people in the process of using emerging technologies. Of course, today, the discipleship that we deliver and we walk in people with use these technologies today to communicate uh, the message that we have and the value we bring to life. And so this is an example. We're in three different locations in the United States. We have to be, we happen to be similarly located so we can actually meet and have lunch. Uh, and the story today is it doesn't matter where we physically reside. The message that we have to share with others in building relationships is discipleship, and it is business, and we're about the Father's business. So that's my story. You, you go where God sends you to meet those that he has for you to meet, to become united with them in one purpose. And as you disciple and as you lead others in the business experience you have, you find out he has his plan already laid out. And it's much easier to walk in it with the joy of the Lord on your side and the business of being about the Father's business than it is to try to figure out all the nuances of economies in the world today. <laughs> that is so true. Now, uh, now, when you talk about, right, you're starting your, your company, you're, um, you're in the role of a pastor, and you saw that the goal of making disciples were really was a there wasn't a differentiation between the business world the church world can you share some more about what does it mean to disciple and what is discipleship rod okay for me discipleship is building that relationship by introducing others that may already know or may not know where your business plan and who is creating your business plan for you you're walking in so discipleship is introducing them to the Lord Jesus in a real manner. He needs us, our voice, our bodies, uh, our temples, if you would, to be out there introducing others to him so that he can direct and guide us in what we do. So if you're not being discipled every day and you're not making disciples every day, you will miss one of the greatest joys there is in life. If you're not meeting new business owners and people, and if you're not creating new relationships and opportunities in the business of the world, which leads to the Father's business, you may have missed one of the greatest opportunities there is in life. So uh, God started a fire in my heart. Uh, I call it a passion that never goes out. And mm -hmm. the burning desire is to see us enjoy the things of life mm -hmm. in relationships with one another, letting the Lord do the heavy lifting. Now, in that work environment, 
you know, as people are listening to this, Rod, what what does it look like to disciple somebody, you know, at a corporation, in a company, you know, a coworker, a boss, somebody on your team? Uh, love for you to share more about what what you know as people are thinking about. Well, how do I do that? Sure, the practical application uh, in working in corporate environments, we had the opportunity to share who we were. And in building relationships at whatever level, uh, our faith was always a factor. But we couldn't openly promote a program that wasn't the direction of where our corporate corporation was going. So we formed a corporation and says, what if? What if we invited everyone that came in that were our coaches, uh, were our partners, uh, we had a few employees. But when I invited somebody to come in and join me, I invited them to come into our chapel inside our corporation. So because we have the freedom to establish things, we started our week with chapel rather than with a staff meeting. And I would invite them to come in and join me. And they says, well, what does that mean? And I'm going, well, we're going to do similar things a staff would do. You come in, you look at your business plan. So we open it. It's the Word of God. You come in and just... Uh, come together in agreement. We do that through hymns and psalms and uh, and through uh, an attitude of worship. And then we pray about everything we do, that God would give us direction, success, and expand the work that he's doing in us together. And then we're all focused on one thing. We're focused on how do we extend that business model. So we call it chapel. And so the strategy that the Lord gave me about five years ago is what if I shared with other business owners what we did and what it did for us? And so as we invite people, we didn't have to force them. I'd say, well, if you're coming in to be a part of our organization, one, you're welcome. I think I have a valuable asset to bring in yourself and your experience and your knowledge. And uh, we meet together once a week, and we call it chapel, and you're welcome to come. Now, if you feel that you couldn't contribute or it's against something you believe, that's fine. We're not going to force you to come, but just know that that's where we discuss business. We'll be discussing how you're a part of the entity, and we'd like you to come and represent yourself uh, in that group. And uh, we don't have traditional staff meetings. So we lift one another up, we carry each other's burdens, uh, we walk into the marketplace with confidence mm. and assurance that mm. God has given us more than we need to provide for ourselves, but to provide a place for others. And that's how we begin to launch our business. We operate it in that fashion, and I know other businesses can do the same, they just don't know how to get there and the steps to take to do it. What are some of those steps? So some of those steps are, are this easy. When you come together at a set time, that you begin on time, and we simply open in prayer. And so as we open in prayer, we look into the Word and say, where are we at in the world today, and how can we cause and effect change in other people's lives? Uh, we help lead uh, other business owners uh, in the aspects of Oftentimes, the word is found in hymns and songs. And so when we break down that barrier that there is between, I feel uncomfortable in the room, a simple hymn, a simple song, 
will begin to break that barrier down. So I'll give you a quick example. We just simply start out. Lord, I simply come to bow before your throne to open up my heart and worship you alone. And there's a simple chorus that says, this is why we come together. Mm. And it's not complicated. And all of a sudden, people feel comfortable because they know that whatever they do and whatever their value is, we can all come together. We simply come. And then we simply walk into, okay, uh, what does the Lord have us doing this week in this business in his, for his benefit? And these are benefits that we have. So as a business owner, I can offer the benefit of sharing any place you stop, you have a challenge, how can we pray about that, and how can anybody in this room help you get from where you are to where you want to be? And you do it in staff meetings, why wouldn't we do it in chapel? So we pray for one another, we pray with one another, uh, and we find ways to pray with others outside our organization and bring them in, introduce them to our business, uh, our products and services as we walk through life. And it's that simple. Uh, so well, you know, The other thing I'm hearing, though, too here, Rod, which I think is really valuable, really important, though, it's you have such a wonderful focus on building a relationship and understanding people, you know, at a deep, at a heart level, a deep level, because you're talking about, you know, in these meetings, how do we get to understand what people are, are bringing in from, you know, outside of work and what can we do as a group to serve them, teach, train and equip them both professionally that helps the organization. And I know you, I've talked with you. You're also looking at opportunities that help helps them, with you know things that they might be struggling with or areas they need help with that um, is actually not part of the actual organization is that is that correct because that's a big deal and I think people are really searching for a culture and an environment in a company like that and I think that's true we create the culture we walk in mm-hmm so the people that are gathered around our tables and, and you gather around your board meeting, they have relationships in their lives. When the person has to come to work and bring to work all of his value and skills so he can function and has a train wreck at home, who's helping him address and deal with that? And they know people that are moving in their lives and can have business relationships and people that have a need for our products and services. So together, if we're whole, then we can reach out to those who God has already put in our lives around us. And we can reach out into the community. So somebody asks us what we do as a business. Oh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, and then they'll say, well, how do you do business? Oh, I'm glad you asked. You can invite your clients in to come join your chapel. If they want to know anything about who you are and want to see your team, bring them around your team. Let them know how you're going to make decisions within your company to represent what you're delivering to them by simply being a part. And so we found other uh, people that say, I, I like your faith walk. Uh, I like what you're doing. And I like the way you're doing it. How are you going to do it for us? says, well, why don't you come and join us? We'll show you how we make business decisions on your behalf. And we reach out into, 
into businesses that way and build those relationships. Then it's it's not mystical. Uh, we go in our magic room and we do our stuff and we come out and present you with uh, suggestions and recommendations and things we think you ought to do. And then there again, we're not going to make your business decisions for you. But if you know the heart of the owner and what they're trying to accomplish, you bring them into your environment and your teamwork and you then extend your team out into their team, you cross a whole lot of barriers in business and life because people can then sit back and say, I can trust that because it's trustworthy. And if you don't put the things that you have to do to make money ahead of why you're doing something together to build two organizations, uh, you'll go a long way down the road. The money will come. Yeah, I agree with that. There's a, a book called Making Money is Killing Your Business, which I I love the title of that book, right? Because I think we, we sometimes get these things backward. We have to focus on, you know, it's the having the results, being good at what we do in business, especially in the business world, is what gives us the, uh, a lot of times that the openings to have influence in people's lives who are you know, other businesses, you know, secular businesses, traditional businesses, you know, and as people are listening to this and, you know, they're Christian business owners, they're, they have influence over their team or their company, how, and you know, how things are done, you know, what are some, what's some advice for you? If this is, they're, they're listening, right? Rather like, wow, this is interesting. This is something I'd like to bring into our culture, our team, our environment. If, if they have not been doing this, what's, what are some uh, thoughts on how to, start doing this or to move forward into doing more of this? Uh, some of the things we ask people to think about and to consider. Uh, you have a human resource element, which is your largest asset that you have. If it's healthy and strong and moving through life, um, being effective, then that's important. So some small businesses feel like they don't have the resources uh, uh, or at a, a large enough size to have a human resource manager to do develop the training, the hiring, the screening, the educating, the career development components of your business. But what if you had a human resource minister that was career development, helping develop the strength and the health of the individuals in the organization to give them a good career path to help them be established in the organization they're in. And what if the business owner were to simply say, I'm going to bring a person or take a person in my company and promote them to this position so that as a benefit to my employees, they can bring anything and everything they need to to work with them and we can help them develop their lives and their careers and their successes. Uh, through this channel. And you put a person in a chapel, in a business, once a week, that is a huge benefit. And oftentimes the owners are challenged, how can I give benefits to my employees? And they're thinking life insurance and, and all of the components and vacations and paid. Well, yes, but if you're feeding them every day, you won't have to be worried how to try to afford to feed them every once in a while. You have benefits. Mm -hmm. So as a, as a business owner, what benefits are you passing on to every employee every day by supporting them and giving them time to bring and set aside from the task of work 
the things they have in their lives so that they can be more effective in their work. Well, you have to have a structure. You have to put something in place. If you're going to spend training dollars, take somebody in your organization that's already been dedicated to you, that has already contributed to the success of your business, that has some spiritual and moral value systems that they automatically pass on to others and train them to be effective in the human resource development of your staff. Uh, when you bring somebody into that culture, it'll change lives. Mm-hmm. People will stay because they're encouraged to stay and be a part of something that's much greater than themselves. Uh, the discipline of employees uh, and the management of tasks and production and profits begin to disappear in the culture of people that are a part of something that is growing. And sure, you may find some people that don't want to be on board with that. Well, they're not the right kind of people to be on board with your business in the start way, in the, in the beginning. So help them transform their thinking or encourage others that have the right thinking to move in the same direction you're moving. As a business owner, you can support others and give them the authority and the tools and the things they need through training. That's what we do in our Christian business incubator. A business incubator will train you to do things that you're not familiar or know exactly how to do. So with 35 plus going on 40 years of business experience and ministry, we can train people in those roles and say they don't have to be different because every good business principle we ever learned came from the Bible anyway. <laughs> That's very true. So, you know, uh, talk more about your business incubator and you know how people could find out more and connect with you at that level. Sure, our business incubator. You can find us at uh, www. Excuse me, www.myfathersbiz.link. L-I-N-K. And we named it that because if you can link people to the father's business. And you can help encourage them, train them, educate them along the way. They will become business owners and leaders and culture changers. So uh, my father's biz, B-I-Z dot link, use some of the buzzwords in the industry out there today, made it a little unique. But you'll find out what our heart is. We use a strategy of chaplaincy. So think if you have a chapel. Would it be better to look inside a room and you go in there and be quiet? Or would it be better to see somebody in there if you need some help to pray with you and to worship with you along the way as you're growing? So we use the strategy of chaplaincy. We extend that incubator out over a four-year cycle. A four-year cycle lets you spend about uh, $9,000 over four years to train either in ministries or in business, or we hope in both. Biblical foundations, we have curriculum that's there that's uh, distributed on a tri-quarterly uh, basis. So three times a year, we move the level of training up, and you can move into a chaplaincy organization, you can move into business, you can move into ministry, or you can move into what we call the business of the Father's work in the marketplace. How can you be an entrepreneur in marketplace ministry? And then if you want the graduated course, 
we're believing God will help us formulate a larger organization called Marketplace Ministry University. So the place to start is go to the incubator. Uh, and, and how does yeah. that work with people in the culture, in the company, um, you know, that are not Christians that you're that you're reaching out in this way? Because I know a lot of people, when they think about bringing the, you know, their ministry into the marketplace, there's often, you know, a lot of questions about, hey, how do I do this in a way that builds a relationship, but doesn't push people away, especially maybe they've had experiences in their life you know, in a church environment that's been judgmental or, or you know, very legal, legalistic. And, and there's not a lot of, you know, they're not showing up with a lot of uh, positives about what this approach could do in their life. Does that make sense as a question? So that does. And there's always that barrier that seems to be a barrier that we need to make sure we can push through by identifying the value of the person. Each I think that what you said is huge, right? It's really about seeing, you know, as a leader, somebody working with somebody is to really search for and look for it. what is that person's unique value and how do you bring that to the surface and how do you help them develop their best self and bring their best self to the surface? So not only does that help you at work, but if you can help somebody in your environment that you have influence over, become their best self. Imagine them what that does for their marriage, their relationship with their kids, their their own personal sense of joy, fulfillment. There I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of things that start to connect, aren't there? There are. And you treat each person with respect in relationship to the value that they were created. And so everybody is uh in I won't say everyone, but there's a lot of influence today to try to push you into somebody else's mold. Mm. God created each one of us with his value system internally, whether we know him or not, or identify where it comes from. Some of our coaches in our company uh, were not believers, as we know a believer to be today. But they were respected, and they respected our position and they came alongside, and we worked very, very, very hard together. And so God molds and changes the heart of each one of us based on our experience of how we have been treated and the value that we have as individuals. When we accentuate that, then people begin to live a different life than the one that they live by somebody putting them in a pressure cooker to produce and if they don't produce as fast and as quickly and as much as they want, then they cast them away. Well, don't cast good treasures away. We use a phrase in our in our ministry and in our work. Uh, it's about you, the giver. The word T H E, T period H period E period, is treasure in the hearts of earthen vessels. When you come alongside somebody, you hear their heart, you share your heart with them, there's treasure in there. And so honor that, respect it, work together with those, and God will do all the rest. I love that. So treasure in the hearts of earthen vessels. And you know, it's interesting as we go out and we do a lot of work in traditional companies and, and with the military, there's a mindset out there that if I actually take interest in other people or focus on on other people, uh, 
that I'm not going to get, you know, what's due to me, my income or a promotion or a bonus or the, you know, the affirmations. And I believe that that is a flawed way to look at things. But I think that's also been taught to a lot of our, you know, uh, across the generations. That is a focus that's out there, kind of a mindset that's in business. And I'm glad that you said that. What I have found is every organization, every culture that focus, focuses on and brings out the value of the individuals, those are the companies that, that truly have extraordinary results, both in their life, their relationships, their business, like you talked about before. And, you know, it's so what it really is, it's about like you talked about before, is how what do I do to disciple this person and meet them kind of where they're at and help them move forward, just that one small step forward into kind of who they're meant to be. Is that what you're saying, Rod? It is. And uh, I'll tell you a simple story if we have time. So an individual came into our company, had not been employed for quite a while, had some good skill sets, but on the surface when people looked at him, he didn't have the means to really present himself well. Uh, wasn't well kept, didn't have good clothes, so I was finding it hard. But I met him and he had a heart and a desire. Uh, and so we helped him get some clothes. We helped him uh, uh, send him down to the barber and say, okay, well, let's get you looking the way you'd like to look, uh, not the way you think you have to. Begin to build some things. And I would, and he didn't come to, uh, our chapel. Uh, he would set aside and show up uh, for work an hour late. And finally, I encouraged him to get involved with some other people that would help him change the lifestyle he was in. So I got involved in the organization. And then he became, and he says, well, can I go ahead and come to chapel in the morning? I said, absolutely. Well, pretty soon, he got to the point where he wasn't afraid in the group to actually offer prayer. Uh, simple, his words, who he was and he wanted to be a technician and to be a network technician because he thought that's what he'd been trained to be uh, in the military and worked up in Alaska and, and some of those outer posts but his real gift was working with a few other select people that he had confidence in and developing things in Google Apps and developing business tools that we needed he could sit behind that and not have to be out in front of the public and develop things. And then he was carrying those into a Bible study he began to go to, uh, into the group that he met with once a week. He was carrying it out with him wherever he met other people and the things he was doing. And he began to be and to function as a very valuable asset to what we do. And it it's a process. Yeah. So it took a year, year and a half. But we finally found the area where he really excelled. And he was invaluable in the things that he could do because I could say, I want you to take this and here's the concept and idea I have around it, but I need the tool to make it work. And he'd go develop it. He'd develop two or three. He'd come back and say, well, what do you think of this? Well, let's tweak that, let's do this. But most of the time, he was right on target because he had a heart for doing that. He just didn't know he had the skill level. Uh, and then he would pray because he was a part 
of the organization. He didn't have to be a leader in it. He was just an active member in what we call life discipleship. That's yeah. right with the core of our business. And so there's so many people out there that have skills that are overlooked that we don't know because we don't spend any time together examining the person or building a relationship with them. And when you open the doors, you find out, hey, there's hidden treasure right there. Yeah, big time. So I want people, you know, go check out what Rod is doing. It's fantastic at myfathersbiz.link. And, you know, as we wrap up, Rod, what are just some final thoughts you'd like to leave with just everybody listening out there? Um, Be passionate about creating a culture you want to walk in and live in. Mm, Love that. What else? You, You always have some great thoughts. Well, the thing is, sometimes the world has tried to convince us we couldn't do that. Mm. So never say no to God saying, I'd like you to do this. Now, you may say, Lord, I'm not sure I know all the steps to take. And he says, that's great. I'm glad you ask. But he's given us a vision. And if your vision, you can put it on paper, simply, clearly God will expand it. And so a business model canvas uh, in the coaching world we use today will take you to your from your vision to your value proposition. And always remember that you are the value in every proposition. If you can lead someone to the value in your proposition, that's the Lord Jesus. And there'll always be more than enough business uh, in the word. Proverbs uh, thirteen twenty two is a good example. So I'm not going to quote that to you. I'll just ask you to look it up. But have something to pass on as an inheritance to others. So find a mentor, be mentored. We call that discipleship. And mentor someone else. We call that discipleship. One up, one down, all the time, letting God be in the middle, taking us to where he wants us to be. Love that. And thank you so much, Rod, for who you are, what you're doing, the life that you've lived, and... uh... This has just been such a great, you know, an encouraging conversation. You know, as we can go out, I mean, think about the opportunity that's out there right now. Um, I remember my good friend Dan Milan. he asked me a question years ago. Who has had more influence on our culture? You know, Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg or the entire evangelical movement? And clearly it's been business and media. In the place, you know, especially small business owners, if you look at all the lives that are being touched and influenced by just people listening to this podcast, it's probably in the hundreds of thousands or millions of people. And if we can go out, develop those relationships, disciple people, help them connect to their unique value, help them, help them to uh, identify who they were created to be, not as much who they think they are. Hope you guys understand the difference there. And we can get them to step out into who they were, you know, who that best self is and bring that into the situations in their life. That is how we can disciple nations. That's how we can change communities. We can transform families, marriages, and companies. And I, I believe right now God is moving big time in our in this world. From his perspective, even with all this crazy news going on everywhere, um, you know, he there is a plan behind all this. And man, he's he's got a smile on his face. 
And we want to just be part of that relationship and part of, you know, that journey and in that mission. And, you know, God is looking for us to raise our hands so he can use us out here on the field. And so uh, what a great conversation. And just thank you so much, Rod, for who you are, what you're doing again, and uh, just really encourage people to connect with you, have a conversation with you. You're one of the most deepest, wisest, loving men that I've met, and I, and I so appreciate you, Rod. Well, John, it's been my honor, and uh, it's an exciting work to be in together. And the Lord puts us together, and He lets us uh, be the example of everything He is. And He does all the heavy lifting if we'll just walk uh, with him. So I appreciate the honor, appreciate the audience. Uh, I would encourage everyone that God is, and he is able, sufficient, and willing and desirable that we just walk with him as he does the work. Uh, and he has great things for us to enjoy along the way. I give you uh, just thanks, John, for uh, connecting and give me the opportunity to visit with your audience today. Thanks for listening to Eternal Leadership. Be sure to check the summary of this MP3 for any important links and a link to the show notes for this episode. As I said at the top, this edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Marketplace Rock. Is there something that feels like it's blocking your business? The team at Marketplace Rock partners with you in unearthing those things that could be holding you back through intercessory prayer. Just earlier this year, Vicki told me while she was praying, she heard from me, water the seeds. I knew exactly what it meant and got some business out of it. Another time she was praying and accurately described one of our dogs who turned out needed medical attention. John and I can't recommend the team at Marketplace Rock highly enough. In fact, our phone calls with them are the highlight of our week. Visit them online, marketplacerock.com, or listen to either of Amy Everett's past interviews with us, episodes 4 and 66, marketplacerock.com. For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership. Mm-hmm.